Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us here safely. We thank you for your faithfulness, God, that was again manifested yesterday through Claudio and Ashley, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy in our lives. We thank you for your grace that surpasses all our understanding, all our knowledge, all our uh, our capabilities of thinking, Father God. We thank you because you are always there. You're always present. You're always there to demonstrate your love and, and your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name, we pray for all these things. Amen. Amen. Hold on a minute. As I pull out my, uh, my notes here. Um, we're going to start out to, to this morning in Romans chapter 12. If you could turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. And it says, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational act of worship. Don't be conformed to this world any longer, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature by renewing your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. This morning, I want us to have come into the understanding that we need to transform, we need to renew the way that we live our lives, the way our natural, physical bodies even live their lives, right? The way that we naturally live just from being born, right? Uh, from the very beginning when we're born, we're born self-seeking, Right, where we're born looking to see how we could benefit ourselves, we could satisfy our needs, and looking to see how it is that we can supply to uh, ourselves to fulfill our desires. Right, uh, when we're little, we don't care who's sleeping, we don't care what's going on. If it's three, four o'clock in the morning, and we're hungry. Everybody in the house is going to know that we're hungry. Right, we're going to scream, we're going to yell, we're going to we're going to find some type of way to self-sustain ourselves. Right, uh, you know when when something is thrown at us and we're in the multitude of people. It's not a natural tendency of ourselves to dodge ourselves or throw ourselves in the way of that bullet or, or whatever to block other people. We tend to, like, fall away, right? Everything's about self-preservation, right? That's a natural state of man. That's just who we are. We're looking to see how we can preserve ourselves. It, it's not normal for us to be thinking about others. It's not normal. It, it doesn't make any sense in the natural but in the supernatural, it says that God demonstrated his love for us in that while we we're still sinners, he died for us, right? It, it wasn't in, in to, to, uh, to get some type of gain for himself out of it, a selfish gain. Uh, it says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? It, it was all about giving to others. It was all about living for others and not for themselves, and in today's world, more and more we see the disappearance of love, of living for others. And that's why it's so important that as a church, the best way we can evangelize, the best way of reaching out to the world and to the lost is to manifest Christ's love that's inside of our hearts that we've all tasted and seen out to other people, out to others. It, it, you know, it says in 2 Timothy 3.2, understand this, and the last, the last days there will be dangerous times. People are going to be lovers of themselves, narcissistic, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane, irreconcilable, unloving, malicious, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, but denying its power. They're holding to some type of expression of like, well, yes, I'm a Christian. You know, I go to church. I'm part of a youth group. I go out and, you know, I read my Bible. But based off their outward manifestations, the love of God doesn't dwell in their hearts. They, they, they might be the ushers of the church holding the door open for a couple people. But outside these four walls, you know, there's not an ounce of love in their hearts. When they walk into an elevator where there's people in there, there's not one smile that comes off their face. There's not one greed. There's not one good morning. There's not a hello. They, you know, the, the love of men, you're going cold. The, the, there's, there's no such thing as, as holding the door open for somebody. There's no such thing as waving hello to a neighbor as you both are driving at the same time to the driveway. The love of the world is just growing cold because ultimately we're lovers of self. Outside of Jesus Christ, we don't even know what love is. 
So it, it, it's our job that we not have an appearance of godliness, but that we be able to manifest that we are followers of Jesus Christ by the way that we love others, by the way we treat others, by the way that we live our lives for others. Continuing on, it says, um, verse 6, for among them are those that worm their ways into homes and captivate the morally weak and spiritually dwarfed women, weighed down by the burden of their sins, easily swayed by various impulses. The type of people that have the appearance of being that handsome, very sweet, funny, charming boyfriend that ends up driving their women to the ground and destroying family. Like having the appearance of being that Prince Charming that everybody's looking for, but ultimately being the, the biggest selfish pigs anybody could ever find. And that's why it's sad because uh, as we were testifying earlier, it was amazing. Claudio and Ashley's wedding was like super awesome. But there's some people that haven't seen a wedding since they're 13. And they're 26, 27 years old. And that's like, we take it for granted because, at least I do, because I grew up in the church. So weddings are like every other weekend, right? Like people love getting married. People love celebrating and things like that. And, right? So, uh, you know, like four different people have been married in that church that we went to yesterday. I mean, um, so we take it for granted. But the world's not interested in getting married because it's, the, it's, it's a dying to self. Every day you're crucifying yourself living to serve another person that that doesn't sound very attractive to the world right that doesn't sound like something they want to sign up for they're not interested in getting on the the fine line there on that death sentence but for us that's what it's all about is modeling the example that jesus christ gave to us where he said he signed on that dotted line i i'm dying for this person i'm living for this person for their best and that's why as a body of christ he expects nothing less from us Last night I was, uh, I was talking to a youth group telling them that Christ didn't die for us to die for him or to live for him only 364 days out of the year. Only 360 days out of the year. But rather he wants the whole thing, all 365 days a year, dying to self. And that's why in Romans 12, as I was reading earlier, it says that you live as a sacrifice where every day you wake up, you're, you're, you're sacrificing yourself for the cause of Christ. You're sacrificing yourself for the world. You're sacrificing yourself to the cause of Christ. It, it, it's a daily thing that, that we need to put into practice as Christians. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I present myself at church and I'm lifting up my hands in worship and I scream hallelujah louder than anybody else, but then ultimately, you know, have zero social skills and, and, and incapable of calling somebody, inviting them to lunch, and incapable of being able to demonstrate some type of, like, outward expression of love, then you're just an annoying person. You're a, loud, a clanging gong, uh, something that, that is making a lot of noise, but ultimately is, is not pleasant to, to anybody's, you know, ears. Galatians 5.14 says, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment that you love your neighbor as yourself. That, that your focus isn't that you're, you're, you're coming to church, you know, with everything that you have and you're making sure you're going to be there on time no matter how many people you cut off on the interstate, on the highway, no matter how many people you're honking at, no matter how many people you flick off. As long as I get to church on time, that's all that matters. No. The entire law is fulfilled when you live your life for another person, when you're loving your neighbor as yourself. James 3.16 says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. A lot of people, they have a tough time uh, distinguishing between what's God's will for their life and, you know, what maybe is just like a personal desire that they have, something good that they want to do. And this verse makes it very plain to me that if it's something that's to benefit me, if it's a selfish ambition, a selfish desire that I want to fulfill or complete, it's probably not what God has for you. You know, if it's something, this is very typical with young people and having a boyfriend or girlfriend. If you want a boyfriend or girlfriend so we could hold your hand so that somebody could get you gifts on Christmas, somebody texts you, good morning, beautiful, can, uh, can do all this different stuff, then that's not love. 
You're pursuing lust because everything is me, myself, and I. How can I get pleased? How can I get married? How can it satisfy me? And nothing is about I want to get with somebody to make them the happiest person in the entire world. So we return. Romans chapter 12, following to verse 3. We're sacrificing ourselves every day. We're denying self. We're, we're putting away every selfish ambition, all selfish desire. And it says, for by the grace of God given to me, I say to everyone, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. It is classic, right, where we always consider what we want and do not even have one out of the 10 thoughts that we think about how we can please ourselves. Not one of them is about how I can please somebody else, right? On Saturday nights, one week we'll eat in, another week we'll eat out, right? And the weeks that we eat out, right, we'll announce the restaurant, Moe's or Chipotle or, uh, you know, uh, Paola or any of, the, any of the restaurants that are around here, right? And we'll announce, all right, guys, we're going to be going to PDQ, all right? We're going to PDQ right after service, jumping, uh, you know, in, in one of the... the Livingstone's Leader's Cars, if you don't have a car, we're going to drive over there. And if it's not a restaurant that they like, they're not going. You know, if it's not a restaurant they like, or even better, they'll go, but on the way over there, they'll slide by a drive through and they'll get the food that they like, right? They want the food that they get to eat. And, and, and we're all guilty of that. We're all guilty of like, hey, where are they going to go eat? Oh, macaroni grill? I don't like macaroni grill. They have cold tomato soup, and I want a tomato soup, so I'm going to go instead to, you know, Carmine's or something like that. But we're all guilty of that. We're, we're, we only move in the direction where it benefits us. We only move in the direction where we get satisfied, we get happy, and not in, you know, the benefit of others. Living, living for the other people. There's a saying, it says in Spanish, that uh, tú no eres el ombligo del mundo. Right? You're, you're, you're not the world's belly button. Not everything is centered around you. Not everything revolves around you. You're not the only, you're not, you're not the last Coca-Cola in the Sahara Desert. Life, life isn't about you. And, and, and I thank God that my dad taught me that when, whenever I wanted to go do something and I'm like, Dad, I'm going to go play basketball. I finish. No, you're not. You're going to put up the hurricane panels because Irma's on the way. You know, you're, you're not going to do what you feel like it. You're going to do what's going to be for the benefit of the family. You know, he modeled that for us, obviously, through his, through his example and through how he lives his life, always doing what everybody else wants and never getting to decide what he wants. When we went to Washington, D.C., my dad was harassed with everything that people wanted to go see, and my dad never got to have his input, right? There was uh, one of the cousins wanted Chinese food, another one wanted to go see the Washington Monument, another one wanted the Lincoln Memorial, another one wanted to go see the Arlington Cemetery. Like, everybody had their own plans of what they wanted to see in their seven, you know, however many days we were in Washington, D.C. And my poor dad had to drive us everywhere he wanted to go but couldn't go where he felt. And, and that's what it's all about. It, it is a continual living sacrifice. You're dying Every day, every moment, every minute, every second of every living day. Because that's what Jesus does for us. The world's not, it's not about us. And it's a huge slap in the face because, you know, we all have ideas and plans in our hearts of what we like to do. Even today, just Sunday, we're already thinking about what we're going to do after church. But but we're not we're not thinking about looking to see who hasn't who's been missing like who was it that didn't show up today who is it that can call who is it maybe they're sick who was it that you know maybe there was a death in the family or what's going on you know we're always concentrated on our own on our own initiatives and never on on, on you know how, having a supernatural thinking of like how can I do how can I live today for somebody else and Mark twelve thirty one says this is the second of the greatest commandments is that you love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment that's greater than these, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and the second, that you love your neighbor as yourself. Romans 12.4 says, Just as in a physical body, we have many parts as a church. These parts don't all have the same function, right? We, there are a special use. Uh, 
who are many are nevertheless one body in Christ and individually parts of one another. Verse 6, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace that's given us, each of us is to use them accordingly uh, to, uh, for some prophecy, right, in proportion to the faith possessed, to some service in serving, to the one that teaches in teaching, the one encourages encouragement, he who gives with generosity, that he leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. We all have been given these different gifts. Some of us are amazing architects, right? Some of us, uh, Ali, Ali, uh, uh, the night before Claudio's wedding, it was uh, Anubis, Ariel Diaz, um, Josue, Ale, myself, uh, and a couple of the girls were there helping out too. And Ali's an engineer, right? And so this is not his wedding. Claudio's not his cousin. Claudio is not his brother. Claudio's not a family friend. You know, he's not something like that. He's just somebody that he, he met through church, right? He's a member of the body of Christ. He's a brother in Christ. And Ali was there till like 2 o'clock in the morning putting together that gazebo-looking thing that was a mess. And if you ask about him, we, we screwed in those poles, and we unscrewed, and we screwed it again. We built, and we unbuilt, and we built it. And, you know, everything to satisfy Claudio's imagination of whatever it is that gazebo's but it was amazing because this isn't something that Ale has to do. Ale has a baby at home. He has a wife. He has to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning because his daughter is going to be crying and screaming for milk or whatever. But he's there. He's looking to see how he can be involved in living for somebody else, using the talents that God has given him as an engineer. Using his talents. Emilio, when, when there was a hurricane going on, Emilio was trying to use his handyman talent. You know, because that's a talent. I'm sorry. That's like that. You just you have a gift for tools and hammers and things like that. Like um, people are like smashing their fingers trying to nail and things. You know, God knows how many people. I hope nobody in here. But hospitals were filled during hurricane prep season, right? People were like sawing off their arms and all that different stuff. Like I thank God that I have an Emilio. That you know, I have all my limbs here today, right? Um, but we have people in the body of Christ that are, are, are given talents, right? We're each, we each have our special talent. We each have a special grace that God has given us that is to be used for the edification of the body of Christ. But in the world, we think that the talents and the skill sets that we've been given is to profit ourselves. We use that as a means to gain, you know, promotion. We use it as a way to prosper ourselves with very little thought to anything that we can do for others. And maybe the, the little that we donate or we give to the world is for a nice tax exemption or something like that, right? But it's very little for the love of other people. Very rarely will you find a, just a generous philanthropist donor that is, you know, putting himself at a loss for the gain of somebody else. We can't be stingy with, 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 with the gifts that God gave us because they're tools to love others. They're tools to live for other people and not to benefit ourselves. You know, how dare we? How, how dare we enrich ourselves with the tools God gave us to serve and love and bless other people? It, it, it's, not about our, it's not about how we can benefit from what God has blessed us with. It's how we can bless others with how we've been blessed when uh, in in um in Luke six thirty five it says, "But love your enemies and do good to them, and lend to them without expectation to get anything back. Then your reward's gonna be great, and your children and you will be children of the Most High, because He's kind to the ungrateful and the wicked." Without expecting anything in return. Yeah, just, you know, Venmo me the money later on. Like, just, like, you know, text me later on and, and pay me back when you get a chance. Like, brother, but I just asked you for McDouble. One dollar? One dollar pay you back? But that's how this world is. You know, you, you lend somebody 20 bucks and they, it's unforgivable. I don't trust that guy. Wow, what do you mean? Like, what, what did he do? No, I lent him 20 bucks one day. He still hasn't paid me back. It's been like in 2013. Like, it was crazy, crazy times. The remission, remember that? And he didn't give me back 20 bucks. You know, it's like, what? What? Is that, is that our, our thinking that we're, we're so concerned on how we can like, or, or, or do we understand that the money that we do have is because God has given it to us. 
You know, another thing is you know, Michael. Michael is like the the prime example of this, right? He shows up to youth group every Saturday with a batch of cookies, a batch of like uh, the those gummy peanuts or something like that. But he's always bringing something for whoever it is that's coming to youth group. Always. If Michael doesn't do it, it's like, brother, are you sick? Like, are you, Michael, you know, Michael is just like that type of person, right? Michael's that type of person that he, he's willing to, you know, if, if, if we're ever putting together, a, you know, a, a party, we're putting together some type of celebration, whatever, he always, 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 he texts me and says, hey, Nick, do we need to, you need me to bring anything for the party? Do you, do you need me to help out in some way? Some of us, we show up to a party, we don't bring anything. We're, we're here to have a great time at the expense of the host and with little contribution to anything, right? Maybe a thank you, a shake it. Thank you very much for inviting me and my six kids over. <laughs> amen or amen? amen? Come on now. Each one of us has our own degree of gifts, right? I'm not talking about people like donating a million dollars that they don't have. Like if you do that, you know, you're not, definitely not inside the will of God, right? Uh, maybe a lot of faith, but um, it, 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 we've all been given gifts according to what, right? If you're a teacher, that you teach, not that you prophesy, right? If you're a, a prophet, that you prophesy, that, that, that you're, 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 you're focusing on generosity. You know, we all have been given gifts, Right? But to the degree that you've been blessed, that is your expectancy of what you're supposed to go out and bless others with. This, uh, this year for my birthday, I was blessed with a, a gorgeous black uh, 2013 Volkswagen Jetta, right? I, I really, really like this car, right? Um, but I've been blessed with this car, right? And so every weekend when it's time for youth group, uh, Jonathan Kergel, he'll call me. He'll be like, hey, Nick, you know, can you take me to youth group? You know, for me to say no, for me to say, you know, I don't want to, for me to say I don't, I don't feel like it, you're, 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 you're denying the work of God based on the blessing that he's entrusted you with. So how can we expect for us to continue to be blessed by God if everything that he gives us continues to stay in our pockets and the world doesn't get to, you know, come on now. We've each been given a gift, but it's not to enrich ourselves. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only continues to suffer want. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. Give what you have so that God can continue to use you to be a blessing to the entire world. But if we hold on to our 20 bucks and we're like, this is mine. Nobody's going to get out. No, this is mine. This is for me and, and, you know, and only me. Then, then God isn't, he, he sees a stingy person that he can't use to bless others with. Then, there, there's these type of people, right? Where it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.12, But we request you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction. Right? There's people that have blessed our socks off. Right? There are people that have been there for us, that have always been there to help us in our times of need, that have always been you know, doing us favors. Right? And, and we can't, for the life of us, feel like, you know, showing any ounce of appreciation or gratefulness, thankfulness. Right? right? They, they help us with everything that, that we've ever asked for them. We feel like almost like that we're entitled to it because we go to the same church, right? You're a Christian. You should help me put up hurricane shutters. Right? You're a Christian. You know, how are you not going to give me a discount for, you know, this job that I'm asking you to do? Are you kidding me? You should be doing it for free. You're a Christian. Right? We've, I, we, we, I've heard it all, right? All the different arguments. Like, you should be helping me, right? If you love God, then, then you shouldn't be charging another brother in the Christ of the Lord? Another servant? No. 
you know, you know the, the, the reason why you show appreciation and thankfulness for what somebody's doing for you is because you understand the, the cost or the loss that they're, that they're taking for you, that they're benefiting from you. Uh, suddenly, uh, Jose Pablo, he's a Christian socialist. That they feel like they're entitled to everything. You know, your, your brother in Christ, you should be doing all these favors for me, and there should be, you know, I don't have to do anything for you. I shouldn't have to pay you or things like that. But that's not the love of Christ. The love of Christ is like, listen, I know that this job that you did for me, I know that you, you know, you painted my house or you helped me with my plumbing or, you know, you helped me with this, uh, you know, this legal, uh, this, le- this legal issue you were helping out with. And I know it only costs maybe 200 bucks, but I want to bless you with 500. What? No. You know, you, okay, if you're going to pay them, right, which I shouldn't have to because he's Christian, then I should just at least pay him 150 because, the, you know, the Christian brother discount. That is selfish, evil, self-seeking, self-benefiting. No, sir. And in this case, I was blown away because yesterday, Jonathan came into my office and he goes, Hey, Nick, I wanted to bless you with a $50 gift card to show gasoline. Why? I wasn't expecting anything. And he lives right down the street of my house. Like, I, you know, it, it, literally on the way to church, on the same street, he lives two houses down from mine. It's not a big deal. But he says, I want to bless you because I'm grateful and I want to show my appreciation for what you do for me. When you show appreciation, you show understanding for what somebody is blessing you with. That's the body of Christ. That, that we're not all leeching off of one person, but collectively together, we're all benefiting each other, blessing each other. That's the love of Christ. Christ, Christ didn't die on a cross to, to, to then, you know, have us just like leech off of the grace and never fully committing ourselves to him or, or, or fully giving our lives for him, for his doing. That isn't Christ. That, that isn't who Jesus is. I remember, uh, actually, uh, when, when I was doing a couple real estate transactions, um, I needed a notary, right? I needed a notary, and I didn't have one, obviously, right? You could go to the bank or different things like that, but Pastor Rivera is a, a, a notary. And so I, I called him. I was like, hey, Pastor, can you help me out? I need you to do me a favor. He's like, yeah, brother, for sure. Come down to church. And he helped me. And he was able to sign some paperwork, you know. And each document that you sign as a notary, I think it's like the, the standard's like $10, right, Pastor? So uh, the standard's like $10. And he had done a couple for me, right? And you could easily just take it as like, you know, the pastors are giving you a favor. You, could, you know, he's being nice. He's helping you out. Or you can have the mind of Christ. And you can say, Pastor, you know what? Are you doing anything on Wednesday? He's like, no. He's like, well, I want to take you out to go eat. I want to take you to Flanagan's. You know, within the, the, the budget that I've been given to show my appreciation, whether it's, you know, $40, $30, whatever it is, I want to be able to show you an appreciation for what you've done for my life. And I'm not looking to be a taker, but I'm looking to still, even when I'm being benefited, to be a giver. Because we're not self-seeking. We're not looking to see how we can be benefited. We're looking to see how we can benefit others. Even... I'm going to be honest, on, on, on the night of, uh, it's the only way to be, right? You should only be honest. Um, the, the night before Claudia's wedding, I was dead tired. I was exhausted, right? I did not feel like going to First Presbyterian Church of Miami and putting up decorations or helping him saw or doing anything like that. In fact, I wasn't going to go. But I was like, no, because love isn't about doing things when you feel like it. Love isn't about, you know, you only go and serve others when you haven't studied for 12 hours, when you haven't only slept four hours, when you haven't, you know. No. That, that's dying to, let me tell you something. When you've read like four hours, five hours of contracts, you don't want to do anything else but plop in your bed and go to sleep and eat. But no, that's not the body, body of Christ, right? It, it's not, loving is not when it's, comp, uh, you know, uh, feasible for you. It's not based on when you feel like it or when you're capable of doing it. It definitely wasn't convenient for Jesus to die on a cross, let me tell you that. But it, you're, you're a living sacrifice. You're, you're continually putting yourself down for the elevation of somebody else. So I got there at Cloud and I was like, you know what? 
Give me a hammer. <laughs> you know, I, you know let, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's put this together. And then you get there and you see that nobody's eaten for the past six hours because everybody's working like a horse trying to put together the wedding to make Ashley the most happiest woman in the world, right? And Claudio. Uh, and, and, and everyone's working like a horse. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to order some pizza. You know, I'm, I'm going to, you see a need, you see somebody struggling, you see somebody's working hard. You know, I wasn't hungry. You know, there's been times where I haven't been hungry, so, and, and everybody's starving. I could tell everybody's starving because everybody keeps saying, oh, we're going to eat. Who's going to order food? We're going to eat. What's going on? Right? And I'm just like, I don't know. You guys figure that out. But I was like, no. I, I've been blessed to be a blessing. I've been given so that others might receive. So I, I call up uh, uh, Pizza Rustica. Rustic Pizza. Delicious. Okay? Authentic, real tomato sauce. Um, and I was like, you know, and, and, and wherever you are, it should be known that you're going to be a blessing. And that you're not going to be a taker. One time these people that, it was actually, <laughs> it was after a wedding, they went to go eat somewhere. Right, they they uh, they went out to go eat at a restaurant. When they got to the restaurant, they were you know they ordered food, they ordered pizza as well, and they were eating all this different stuff. And it was supposed to be that each person you know was like gonna contribute to the overall bill or something like that. And um, and everybody ate only like like a slice and a half maybe, right? And these pizzas were small, they're small pizzas, right? And it's like man, I, I'm like everyone around the table, all the guys are like, man, I'm still hungry. Like you know, I, I feel like I barely ate. And it's like how many pizzas did you eat? Oh, I ate like two pizzas. Like oh, I ate like two pizzas too. And, and it's like whoa, no, I ate like eight pizzas. <laughs> but you didn't even pay, bro. <laughs> like, but I was hungry. That's not that's not what the love of Christ is about. That's not living for others. But you know when we get in these positions, sometimes where we're starving. I forget anybody else. You know, some of us, when we get here to church, we, do, we go straight to that cafeteria looking for the croqueta, right? We, could, we don't say hi to anybody. We don't look up. We're like, it's just I'm, I need my coffee before I function in the morning. No, you don't. You just need to sacrifice. You need to, you need to, you need to make sure that you live for others. All right, let's move on. You guys didn't like that. Romans 12, 9. Love is to be sincere and active. Hate what's evil. Hold on tightly to what's good. This, this, uh, this verse preaches straight to me, right? When, when we're going to this Christmas gala now at the end of the year, everybody likes to look their absolute best, right? Everybody wants to make sure that they look very fly, very, very good looking, very, that they're, they're, they're new suits, their new dress. They want to look good. They want to make sure they look good, right? But more importantly, they want people to notice that they look good, right? It's like, I haven't dressed this nice the whole year. Acknowledge me now, right? You better, you better uh, realize it's quite taking place right here, right? Uh, and you show up and, to the gala, and nobody has complimented you yet, right? And you're like, what's going on? So you go up to the, the nearby sister, and you're like, sister, what a beautiful dress. <laughs> oh, you have a beautiful dress, too. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank I, I, didn't, I just threw this on. I just found this. But it's like a compliment in exchange for a compliment, right? You're looking to see how you can get a compliment back so you compliment somebody else. That's what it is. That's natural human state. I don't want to see any of that this year, okay? <laughs> Let's cut that out. But, like, aren't we? It's so silly, but it's so sad. It's so silly, but it's so sad. That this is how our mind works. That, that we, we go to stupid lengths just to satisfy personal, you know, desires so that we can, you know, feel good. How about you sponsor a family to go to the gala? How about, hey, hey, brother, you know, I, I want to get you a suit for the gala. I want to make you look good. This is, and this is why it says in the beginning of the chapter, this is a renewing of the mind. Like, people do not think this way. I don't, I don't think this way. It takes for, for a supernatural spirit of God inside of you for you to be able to start coming up with these great ideas, right? Hmm, you know, if everyone's starving and, you know, I can kind of afford to buy pizza, then probably I should, right? That's not like a natural thought. That's not something that we come up with by ourselves. 
It has to be God that like kicks us in the butt. Like order pizza, dummy. Can you see the people are starving? But that, that that's the mind of Christ. It must be sincere. I hate the the phony stuff, the fake stuff. A sincere and active love. Verse 10. Be devoted to one another with brotherly affection. Give preference to one another in honor. Preference. That, that, that what they want, that's what's going to go. That you're living your life not to what you feel like or what you maybe want, but whatever they prefer, that's how you... I love uh, Amanda. Amanda's amazing at this, right? She somehow, some way is able to formulate something to whatever visiting pastor is going to be coming into this church. They get the breakfast they want, gluten-free, uh, paleo, uh, you know, whole, uh, whole wheat, bran, whatever. You want waffles? We got bacon. Whatever it is, she's looking to see how she can serve to the preference of others and not to what's most convenient of her, like cereal and milk or something, right? She's looking to see, Eric, Gary, amen. <laughs> I like that. You're considering others before yourself. It's a preference. You're devoted to one another in a brotherly affection where it's not to see how you can, you know, make it easiest for you, right? Because some breakfast takes longer than others, right? Sometimes it takes a lot longer to make some type of breakfast than just to pour out some cereal milk and tell Wellington Boone, you know, have a great time. But you're living, you're putting yourself at a loss for another person's gain, regardless of the expectation in return, Right? Verse 12, constantly, oh, I'm sorry, 11, never lacking behind in diligence, a glow to the spirit, but enthusiastically serving the Lord. You know, I I can testify personally that there's no greater feeling than being able to put together this whole reach um, event on Black Friday, the, the day that the world takes advantage for themselves, where the biggest discounts are taking place, where all, you know, everybody gets to find the cheapest, you know, TVs or electronics or whatever to satisfy themselves, we specifically chose that day to be the day where we impact the community to the biggest that we can. Right? That, that, that day where the orphans come to Tropical Park, we were like, listen, forget about Black Friday. This is what we're going to be putting together for the next, you know, however many years we're going to be on the earth. Every Black Friday from six years, this is going to be the sixth year. From six years ago, we're saying on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, we're going to show our appreciation and our thanksgiving to God by giving back everything that we can to these orphans. It's reach living beyond ourselves. Verse 13, contributing to the needs of God's people and pursuing hospitality is glorious, right? Hospitality, you know, when was the last time that we had people over our house? The thing is, Nick, when you invite people over the house, they make a mess. Well, yes, they do. There's people over our house every Sunday, guaranteed mess. You know, this is what it is, but it's not about you. It's not about being convenient. It's about inconveniencing yourself to bless another person. And eventually, you know, in, in the natural, of course, you don't want people over on a Sunday afternoon. You're tired, first of all. You want to go to bed. You have a long week ahead of you on Monday the next day, and Monday's like a terrible day. You got to start work again. And you got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you got the rest of the week, to, you know, and Sunday's the day to rest, the Lord says. But putting yourself out there to be a refreshing to somebody else so that they could rest, so that they could have a great week, that's not a natural occurrence in, in the world. But in the church, it's a, it should be a supernatural thing that people experience. You know, some, somebody going out of their way to showing hospitality. Ariel um, Diaz, he said that when he came to this church uh, to, to uh, Living Stones on Saturdays, that uh, he did not understand a, a lick of English. Right? And he's sitting there, pobrecito, trying to understand, you know, whatever it is that I'm trying to say or whatever it is that that's going on that night. He doesn't understand anything. But he says that he was blown away because there was people that in the broken Spanish that they could possibly do, eh, baño, eh, agua, whatever, to him, were trying, like, their hardest to try to, like, incorporate him or, or, or try to translate to him what exactly is taking place in the preaching. 
And he says that he couldn't believe it. He's like, I, I, I can't even, I don't understand why these people are having such a hard time trying to talk Spanish to me. They should just ignore me, you know, put me there in the corner on the side. But he says, no, it was an unbelievable love of God, a, a, a supernatural love of God that these guys that have grown up in Miami their entire lives that have no understanding of Spanish are trying their hardest to, to help me be able to receive from whatever's taking place that service. And I'm super proud of Living Stones because there's been several testimonies like that where people say, man, I've, I've never been greeted so much in my entire life. You know, and, and you could tell some people even feel uncomfortable because this world is dry and is, is very, uh, you know, stingy and just not, um, you know, unkind, you know, and, and, and nobody acknowledges anybody. Nobody says hi to anybody. Nobody is like, how are you doing? How's everything going? How's life? You know, we... But here at church, how it should be, if, if, if Christ is moving and he's living inside of us, it should be something that just naturally flows from us where the person that's coming into church or whoever it is that we're talking to, it's like a genuine, active caring for that person. You know, Jesus, when he, he finished throwing it down, like great Sermon on the Mount preaching, right? Amazing preaching uh, that, that he threw down for 5,000 people. But then he didn't just pick up and take off with his 12 disciples. And he's like, hey, what are these people going to eat? These people are here in the desert. They're going to faint. They're going to die if they don't get something to eat. You know, we got to find something out. You know, Peter, go figure that, you know, go figure that out. How are we going to do this? We got to order Papa John's. You know, we have to order Chinese food. What are we going to do to make sure that these people, and that's Jesus Christ. That he's like, I'm going to throw it down spiritually. But then, you know, what are the needs that I can be used to fulfill? What, what is it that's taking place? What, where, are, where is it somebody lacking that I can get involved and really blow their socks off? That, that was Christ's heart. That was his intentions. Contributing to the needs of God's people, pursuing hospitality. Bless those, verse 14, who persecute you. Bless and don't curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. How can I rejoice with her when she's rejoicing if I wasn't invited to the wedding? I'm not happy. How come they were invited and I wasn't invited? How come they got to go and I wasn't invited? I wasn't told to go. <coughs> what do you mean rejoice with those who rejoice? Let me tell you something. It, it's, yeah, it does. It stinks sometimes when you're not invited to things, okay? I've definitely been on that end, right? But the, the love of Christ is something that's willing to put yourself in that situation. Understand, listen, they're doing the absolute best that they can with whatever they've been provided and whatever they've done. But the question is, how come you're not inviting anybody to anything? How come, bro, they're never inviting me over to their house to watch the game. They're never inviting me. Brother, when's the last time you invited anybody to do anything? Not even a coffee. A cola is like, what, $1.75? In my part of town, right, in, in Broward. But that, that's what we, we're always looking to see how we can steal, how we can take, how we can pirate to the Caribbean. We can plunder from somebody else. But rarely are we looking to see how we can invest in somebody else. That can't be the case. That can't be the case. Weep with those who weep is, is, is even tougher because I mean, funerals aren't a fun thing to attend, let me tell you. Everyone's crying, everyone's sad, everyone's like, you know, that, that's not really a place that's like, I'm looking forward to going. But you're able to Put yourself or gather around the person that's suffering a loss and being like, look, you know, I'm here for you and I'm here, you know, if you're going to cry, I'm going to cry right here with you. And I'm going to be here and make sure that whatever is going on, that you're going to be taken care of. And I've been in that position, like somebody in the church, you know, passed away and you're like, man, go play basketball, LA finish with my brothers or go to a funeral. You know, but it's like, the, the, and it's not a personal decision. It has to be a supernatural thing where God like shoves you in the right direction. And you're like, you know what, I'm going to that funeral. I might, have, I might not even have known the person that passed away. I might not even have, have, have 
I, I don't even know who it is that passed away. I don't even know their name. But I'm going to, to show the love of Christ in this moment where somebody's suffering, somebody's hurting, and somebody's really going through a hard time. Proverbs 18:24. A man that has friends must himself be friendly. And there's a friend that sticks closer to a brother. You're, you're, you're living to see how exactly you can be friendly to other people. Not to see how you can be friends with, you know, how many people will be friendly to you. They didn't say hi to me. Did you say hi to them? No, because they didn't say hi to me. But why didn't you say hi to them? Because they didn't say hi to me. Come on now. I wouldn't say hi to you either. But that's not the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ said hi to us when we were standing in the corner by ourselves, dirty, smelly, nasty looking, ugly. And he came over there and he gave us the biggest hug we could ever imagine. Hey, you know, have you been able to talk to this new person? I saw them coming in, but I got caught up. No, no, no. It's just like, I can't hold a conversation with that person. I'm like, why? He's like, he's so awkward. I was like, and what do you think you are? You think you're super cool, huh? Jesus Christ didn't die for cool people. He died for everyone. For, for, for the weird, for the awkward, for the cool, for the normal, for the average, for the everybody. Jesus Christ died to save sinners, of which all have fallen short of the glory of God, of his righteousness. And, and it's tough, man. <laughs> like, there's people that you, you can't get past the conversation of what school did you go to? You went to Braddock? Um, do I know anybody that went to Braddock so I could somehow like associate with this person? Um, what sports did you play? Oh, cool. Okay, volleyball. Um, you know, and it's like, a, it, it's something that it really takes work. But if you don't have the mind of Christ, as soon as they say something that doesn't carry on a conversation, you just cut her short right there. All right, bro, I'll see you next week. Yeah, right? He's not coming back to youth group ever again. Because he's getting the same treatment in the church from a Christian as he would be getting outside the church. And I'm not like trying to, well, I'm not trying to slam people here, but because for the most part, you know, our church is, like I said, from Livingstones, we have people that had testified and said, look, this church is amazing. You know, I've never felt so comforted. I've never felt so accepted. I've never felt so loved than when I went to Spring of Life. But we can do better. We can continue moving forward. All right, let me finish up here. Uh, Romans 12, verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, but associate with humble people. Don't overestimate yourself. Don't think that you're too good for them. Don't think that just because, you know, you've been going to church for five years and they're still having a hard time getting over curse words that, you know, you shouldn't be trying to, like, pull them in or different things like that, right? Just because, you know, this is like a classic, right? It's like, brother, that person is gay. I'm not, I'm not, talk, I'm not a witness to that person. That person is gay. Like, brother... There's no difference between a gay person and somebody that's addicted to pornography, but why are you okay with that? Both are, are, are obviously hanging out in, in, a, in a deep darkness of sexual perversion, but you have a tolerance for one and not for the other person? And it's super taboo, super weird. One time at FIU, there was a, there was a person that was a transgender, pobrecito. He was, like, moving in the direction. I was like... How can we just sit by and just let people go 100 miles an hour over the Grand Canyon cliff and smash to their death without shooting a, some type of supernatural lifeline? Some type of supernatural lifeline. And so I went and I, and I approached him and I tried my best and I tried to reach out to him. And God knows if, you know, it, what will happen in that situation. But we can't afford to not be planting seeds of God's love in people's hearts. He'll water it, and he'll, he'll, he'll cultivate it, and he'll make sure that somehow, some way, it sprouts, but we need to be sowers. Never repay anyone evil for evil. Take thought for what is right and gracious and proper in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. But love, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath, for it's written, 
Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy's hungry, you better feed him. If he's thirsty, you better give him a drink. For by doing this, you will reap burning coals on these people's heads. Because they cannot figure out for the life of them why anybody would take the chance to stop out of their busy day to show some type of love to them. It's super bizarre. You, you kind of like take, get taken back. Sometime, one time I was in the library studying and somebody came up to me and was like, hey, do you want a little bit of coffee? And I was like, weirdo. This guy is so weird. He's offering me coffee. He's like, yeah, he's trying to be nice, man. Like, understand that this person is trying to do something for you, but we can't, we can't take that. We can't appreciate it. Because it, it is weird. It's, it's abnormal. It's strange. It's rare to find somebody that's willing to be nice to another person. And we can get so caught up in our selfishness that we miss out on exactly what it is that, that we get to bless somebody else with or be blessed by. Don't be overcome and conquered by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay, Nick. I'll forgive them, but I'm never going to forget. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. It says in Psalm 103.12 that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And these are sayings of the world that we're like, you know what? That kind of makes sense, you know? Because you remember that so that you don't, you don't get, you know, screwed over again or something. But that's not the love of Christ. Because he forgives and he separates us from, you know, and that's a hard thing to do because when somebody's wronged you, it could have been in seventh grade, sixth grade, it doesn't matter. When you see that person again in the public's line, you're like, she didn't invite me to her ice skating party. You know, she didn't include me in the cool kids club. Or, you know, and, and that's something that we hold on to our hearts, you know, for the rest of our lives. But that, that's not the love of Christ. That's not what he does. So far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I've re I've repeated it a couple times, but just in Ephesians three seventeen through nineteen says, "So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, Christ dwelling in our hearts through our faith, that you, having been rooted and grounded in His love, will be fully capable of comprehending with the saints, with God's people, the width, the length, the height, the depth of His love, and to know." The love of Christ, which far surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness to God. So that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Because when you're filled with that love of Christ, when you've been pumped up, when you've been injected with God's love, it's a natural you know, occurrence for love just to be pouring out of your very pores to whoever it is that you come in contact with. When you're so full of it, when you're so full of that, of that love, no matter who it is that you come in contact, you'll be like a sprinkler system, just like shooting out at everybody who's coming by. And everybody will be able to testify, that is the sweetest person I have ever met in my entire life. That, that is the nicest. That's, that family, they are the kindest, most loving people I have ever met in the entire world. And, and, and people come to Christ, you know, and, and seriously give their lives to Christ more on the basis of how somebody has extended his love toward them more than whatever Bible verse was just like planted in their heart. Because that's when you see physically the representation of Christ here on the earth. Because you will not find love anywhere outside of a Christian or the church. Because that's where Christ dwells. And if Christ isn't the one that's deeply rooted, grounded in that love, so that we would understand and comprehend the love of Christ to pass it on to other people, then we would never be able to, to, to even know what it is, who Jesus Christ is or what his love has done for us. Just a, a couple weeks, last month, um, I was studying with Mel at, at Nova, and it was like I was planning on staying there till like midnight, okay? I had a test that Monday. It was a Friday night, and I was planning on staying there till midnight. I was making sure I was going to study hard and, and, and just really get everything done because um, on Saturday, I had group, 
Um, on Sunday, we had planned to put together something for Kenny for past appreciation, and we just had like a packed weekend, so Friday night was key. That was like, if I don't get all my studying done here, when Monday comes around, I am done with this test, right? I'm done with this quiz, right? And around 8 o'clock, she comes like, Nick, I'm tired. It's been a long day. I took a test today. I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. And I was like, okay, all right. I'm going to rush her home. I'm going to drop her off, and then I'm going to run to my house, and that way I could get home like around 9 o'clock, and from 9 to 12, I'll be studying, and I'll go to sleep. I'll wake up early on Saturday, and you're going through all these different things in your mind of what you're going to planning on doing, right? So, I, I, you know, I, I, uh, we get in the car. We pack up head to her house, and when I get to her house, there's a bunch of cars in her neighborhood that are never in her neighborhood, okay? And when I get there, I see Spring of Life sisters stickers on all the backs of these cars, and I'm like, oh, man. And so when I walk in through the door and I walk into the kitchen, surprise, Nick, happy pastor appreciation. I was like, I love all of you guys. <laughs> you guys are the best. And I took a moment and I sat back and I was just like looking at myself and I was like, you're such an idiot. You you're really are a selfish pig. Because these people are here trying to show their love, appreciation, thankfulness, gratitude, love for you. And you're still concerned on what you have to study, what you have to get done, how you're going to benefit your test, how Friday night was supposed to be for you to get things done. And I was like, you know, I had, I had to like, not step out, but I had to like set myself and, and, and God was like, psh, 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 psh. and I was like, that's man. That's man. That even when we're being blessed our socks off, we have like 50 people in our house trying to show us love and appreciation. We still are concerned about ourselves. We're still thinking about what we want, which is not to receive love from other people, but to go out and to do whatever it is that we feel like. And I was like, you know what? I'm not studying for the rest of the night. I'm not going to leave early. I'm not going to try to, like, you know, finesse my way out of there and be like, guys, I'm tired. I'm just going to go. No, I'm going to stay here till 2 o'clock in the morning till the last person leaves, and I'm going to sit down and crucify myself. You know, how convenient, right? Crucify yourself when you're being benefited. But crucify myself and really, like, say, you know what? This isn't about me. This isn't about what I want. So Saturday came around, same thing, right? We have group at night. Crucify yourself. You're not skipping living stones. No way. You're going to living stones. You have to preach. You have to share the word. Okay, that's great. Sunday, the next day, same thing. We had church in the morning. Then I had a small break, and I said, if I don't honor Kenny during pastor appreciation this day, you know, I'm never going to have the chance to do it. I'm never going to have time because, I, you know, I'm in school the whole week, and I don't come back till late, and I'm not going to miss. So, you know what, Sunday from, you know, 7 to 10 o'clock at night, I'm going to go to Pastor Kenny's house. I'm going to surprise him. It was awesome. We showed up. Pastor Kenny's very hard to surprise, first of all. So, that was awesome because we got him, like, he, he didn't see it coming at all. But we brought him, you know, Chinese food, and we surprised him with lots of different stuff. And, you know, I got home late, too. I got home, like, at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And I was like, you know what, it is what it is. You know, you, 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 you serve and you're living for others, and regardless of what happens, it, it happens. So I was freaking out. I was like, you know, I went into this quiz, and I didn't study as much as I wanted to for it, obviously for these, the, that, that busy weekend that, that we just had. Um, but we took the quiz, and they, they gave back the results that Wednesday, and they said the highest grade in the class was a 19, and it was Nicholas Molina. Nick, like, how did you study this weekend for the quiz, brother? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Thank you, Jesus. I'll leave it just with this verse, repeating it one more time. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. 
Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Let's start this morning. It's not an easy thing to love somebody that's wronged you. It's not an easy thing to love somebody or hold a conversation with someone that you don't know or you've never held a conversation with. It's not easy to do things when it's going to come at a cost to you. It's only possible if you're deeply rooted and grounded with the love of Christ placed in your heart. It's only possible. Because outside of that, you get so frustrated, you get so, you know, upset because you're constantly doing something that you don't feel like. And ultimately, you don't have God's vision or God's eyes to see that ultimately this is all coming back and slapping you back with a blessing. Let's bow our heads in in, in prayer this morning. Father God, we thank you for this time that we've had together, Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your supernatural love, oh God. That regardless of whatever it is that you were getting in return, regardless of whatever it is, this unmerited favor that you gave us, Father God, you sent your son to die on a cross. We thank you for Jesus Christ that wasn't in it for selfish gain or for selfish ambition. He wasn't in it for anything that he can get out of himself, Father God. But he gave himself totally for our benefit. Father God, we pray that we take on that example. You give us hearts filled with your love to express it to the whole world and manifest just the type of God that you are, exactly who you are. Not a a self-righteous, not a selfish, prideful God, but a loving God. A God that looks for the needs of others and supplies them. A God that looks to see where, where people are in lack and then overly abundantly surpasses whatever it is that they needed. We ask you, Lord, that you give us those, that, that mentality in those hearts. In Jesus' name we pray for these things. Amen.